It's Radio Free Tote Bag and I'm Audrey. I'm Donovan. Do the bit. I fucked up my pop filter so much doing that. Uh, We are joined this evening uh, by Drew Toothpaste. How's it going, everybody? I'm hanging in there. Keep keeping up with my oral hygiene. Has anybody hit you with that bit before? Or is this a first? It's a first for me. It's a Hell first yes. for me, yeah. Come out of the show, somebody's got a toothpaste, toothbrush on their fucking desk ready to go. Yeah, let's go. I didn't tip my hand on that shit at all either. <laughs> no. I was like, I'm, no, this is a total surprise. It's a, it's a big props podcast. That's what we are. <laughs> Foley work, you know? Usually it's just seltzers and me like clicking the tab on it to make an annoying noise. But this week it's actually on theme. It's a good bit <laughs> for once. Let's go. <laughs> I'm on fire with those. The other week, I like actually said what the show was about. That's pretty good. We're doing good. We're five and a half years. We're really we're consummate professionals at this point. <laughs> How are you doing, Drew? We we usually just do a how's everybody doing at the beginning. What's what's popping? I am fantastic. I've just been uh, winterizing my house. I know I was just talking to both y'all uh, before we started about how. Uh, it's already cold. It's going to freeze pretty soon up here. So that's it's new for about. It's new for me. I mean, I'm from Ohio and it snows there, but this is different. So mm-hmm. I forget you're, we were talking about this a little bit in the, in the discord we're in. This is a, a stacked Ohio roster today. Audrey's in Cincinnati. That's where we're both from. We went to the good old, we met at the, the good old, Buckeye University up in Columbus, Ohio. Did Don't forget you? The, the, yeah. yeah. Well, I just uh, uh, six months ago moved. I used to live right next to the Agricultural College at Ohio yeah, yeah. State, oh, which is uh, like over on the west side yeah. of the uh, of the campus. I used to drive through that to get to Half Price Books and like uh, over on Olentangy River Road and that shit. Yeah, they. Uh, town really kind of got uh torn up the past few years that half price books i used to like to go there cheap books you mm-hmm. know who can argue replaced it replaced it with an 11 story condominium office complex God. great is gross so it's much so, more value <laughs> but it's i did so much I, of the campus now it's a bummer but i grew up uh in Cincinnati. Well, no out, outside of Cincinnati, and then I went to school there for a few years, yeah. Hell Wild. yeah. What part of Cincy? Uh, well, out east of town, kind of uh, near Eastgate Mall. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I used to go out so, there and play Dance Dance Revolution. So out in Claremont County, some people would call it Claremont County. <laughs> we, we were both in Loveland for a while. Yeah. I've lived in Cincy five different times. I was in Loveland for two of those times. Cincy heads are popping off. We have Cincy listeners. They're wild and out right now. Everybody else is <laughs> excited to be learning new things. About the number one city, Queen City, baby. <laughs> Skyline Chili. Porkopolis, baby. Let's go. Montgomery Inn. The, the Bus- Pig Buskin Marathon. Bakery. Graders. Well, you know, I uh, I actually uh, Montgomery Inn. This is like a famous local rib restaurant. And uh, one year I was doing an internship down there, and instead of like paying us well or whatever, they were like, "Oh, you, well, we'll take all the interns out 
to go to Montgomery Inn, right? And so we go to Montgomery Inn and everybody's bosses is like picking up the tab and splitting it. And it was a work lunch, right? So everybody did the thing where the server is like, the server's like, okay, and are we looking at any dessert? And everybody's like, no, no, no. And then one of the interns kind of lights up and he's like, I am. (laughs) And everybody else had said no. And he gets something called chocolate volcano. Yeah. And so everybody, like not like two or three different departments of interns and bosses, we fucking sat there and watched him eat chocolate volcano for like (laughs) 10 minutes. Yeah. That's such a power move as an intern. I think I will have <laughs> the oh, chocolate volcano, the please. Chocolate volcano looks lovely. I'm, I'm 19, and this is my first real job. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, salutes to that person. I would have been too much of a weenie to do that. Well, we love Cincy Solidarity here. My brief update is I got back from New York a couple days ago. I was on the world-famous Quarators podcast. Woo-hoo! I got to see some of our other podcast friends out there. It was very nice. Look out for the episode next week. You get to see me on video. I wore a cute Aiden Arata crop top and some tooth earrings. I was, looking, yeah. I was looking great in the bright lights, and I wasn't sweating a ton at all because studio lights are... Definitely not at all hot. I didn't didn't know that was a thing. That was a lot. (laughs) Just imagining you just pouring. There was a butt print on my seat at the end. I will not have to imagine for much longer when that episode comes out. (laughs) Imagine a butt print. Audrey, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Uh, I was just off for three days, which is kind of nice. A little three-day weekend. Um... I did happen to check my work email and there's this one woman that I was handling a CS issue for who is wilding out in my email. So I'm going to have to deal with that when I get in. But uh, other than that, doing okay. Friend of the show, angry lady and Audrey's work emails. Shouts out to you. We love you. We love you. <laughs> She's so mad. She got, okay. She gets these stools and they're the cheapest stools we sell. And they're not Perfect. There's little spots. There's spots on the seat. And I spent an hour assembling these. And I will not be responsible for disassembling them and returning them to the store. I simply will not. You're going to send out a strike team to disassemble these stools. This is an emergency. I was like, like, okay, lady. Okay, fair enough. Here's here's how we're going to do it. You're going to take the one that you have not assembled yet because actually it came with the wrong parts and that's our bad and i'll totally take that i'll take that l um you're gonna return that one and we'll send you a new one and you're gonna keep the other one and we'll give you 10 percent back how's that we'll refund you 10 percent on the stool that's that's not perfect this is unacceptable this is simply not enough compensation it took me an hour to assemble this stool I'm like, sounds like a skill issue. Oh, is that a skill issue? Are you allowed um, to say skill issue? I think you I should. should. Get, you should get one a day. <laughs> we here at the unnamed home furnishings establishment uh, have some lingo that we like to use. Yeah, it's called get good, lady. Get good. Um, but what I what I am going to do? This is is very good radio. I am going to have FedEx go pick up her shit. And bring it back to the store. And at the same time, I'm going to ship out 
two new sets of stools, and she's gonna like it. Customer service hero, Audrey. Because I went, I'm you. going the extra. Like I don't have to make. I have to do like a special thing for you. I have to make a call tag. I have to do all this stuff. I'm going to do that for you, and you're going to be fucking grateful. Braver than the troops. I'll say it up top here. Oh, Audrey's yeah. customer service. We love it. Well, Donna, how are you? Other I gave my update. I went on Quarators. I took a bite out of the Big Apple, and I lifted right before this my classic blunder, so I'm a little bit, oh, but we're uh, fighting through it. We're fighting through these weak muscles. And in the path of fighting these, Drew, we got we to gotta hit you with our standard questions for guests here. Uh, believe it or not, this is a relationship and dating advice podcast, and we've spent years in the lab cooking up our go-to interview questions for new guests, and they are as follows. Uh, number one, <laughs> how's your relationship life? What's your relationship to relationships? Uh, pretty good, I guess. I've been uh, I've been married for uh, 19 years. Sounds good. Platinum tier relationship ranking. <laughs> I think I I think I go plat next year. I think 20 is plat. <laughs> your gold three for now. <laughs> <laughs> we love that. Uh. How'd y'all, how'd y'all meet? Uh, well, I, uh, like I was saying, I used to live in Cincinnati. My wife, uh, at the time lived up in Columbus. I came up here, uh, this was a time in history. This is like 2002, right? So this is a time in history when gas is 99 cents. So yeah, I was just Ooh. driving all over the place. I drove up here, uh, Bought some gear off some guy, uh, like drum machine, something, fucking around. Uh, end up meeting her, and then I end up just spending the weekend in Columbus because I just kind of blew off everything else I was doing. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay, that was uh, that was cool. I like this lady, whatever. And uh, <laughs> kind of called her after, and I was like, well, uh, should we go out? <laughs> Aww. I love so, uh, falling in love with somebody like that or getting kind of spitting on the spot, like that feeling of all other plans can wait. Yes. I'm yeah. energized by this. That rules. Yeah. And uh, then it was just a few months later, moved up to Columbus, and then uh, we stayed there a long time and just moved to Vermont like a few months ago. Wow. Let's go. We've had uh, now some wife guys have been on the show and are like, oh, I don't know much about dating. But we do like to say if you have sustained a marriage for that long, that's probably who should be giving advice uh, and not us. So we appreciate <laughs> your compliment to us in the dating trenches here uh, with, a, with a success story. That uh, that segues me. I'm on fire. That segues me well to our follow up <laughs> question. The one two punch of the RFDB beginner interview. Uh, do you have any embarrassing dating or relationship stories, either with your your wife or maybe dating before that? Um, I I do. Uh, a lot of them are like probably like boring, embarrassing, just like the the dumb kind of embarrassing. But probably <laughs> the the worst dating story I ever had was on nine eleven. Like the <laughs> The actual, the most famous of all the 9-11s. <laughs> this was 9-11. Yes, this was 2000. This was 2001. This is before I met my wife. And uh, so what had, so what had happened was um, 
and and both of you i i know would very easily say hey you know uh this is this is not how to handle it and i would agree but basically i had gone out a couple times with this girl i was still in college i gone out a couple times with this girl um and she was all right but she was a little like intense okay and so um actually really nice like really genuinely nice person but just not what i was looking for at the time and like the intensity level i'm not a very intense guy so like i i need more of a vibe match uh uh and i think you know my my wife and i are definitely on the level there but um so i i walk in uh you know, went out with her a couple times. I I go over to her apartment. She's talking on the phone with somebody, and I've I've spent like four hours with this lady before, and uh, she's like, "Yeah, he is here now. He is the one." And I was like, "What?" Jesus! <laughs> and she is like, "I'm going to spend the rest of my life with him." And I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and so she hangs up, and I was like, "Yeah." Uh, so like, were you talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> and. She was like, yeah. She's like, I've been telling everyone about you. And oh, I was like, no. yo, like, I, you know, I don't, I don't mind. I, you know, the philosophical idea of knowing and being known, mm-hmm. I, I don't have a problem being perceived or being known, Sure, but I felt a little bit in the spotlight there because I was like, you know, people are going to point at me on the street and be like, I heard he's the one. <laughs> So like, <laughs> so I was like, okay, okay, like, and just kind of tried to de-escalate and like, kind of hung out with her a little bit and then left. And she had called me a couple times. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I don't know. Kind of tried to back out of it, but she had the vibe like she was just going to be a lot to deal with. And yeah. so I, I did what is called today ghosting. Now I'm, Ooh. I'm 21 years old now, and Fair. I would never. I would never do this. In fact, I don't think ghosting was a word. No. Mm-hmm. Drew um, Toothpaste is the inventor of ghosting. <laughs> right, right. No, totally the wrong thing to do. Um, but so I kind of I kind of dodged her and then she was like she was like calling me every single day and I was just oh, like I, I can't I can't deal with this and I was like trying to I was like working on some other projects cuz I'm always like writing and doing art and stuff. And it was just too much. So I unplugged my phone, right? And then I kind of, because I I kind of, I think a lot of people have periods where they're like socializing a lot and like not socializing very much because they're kind of like woodshedding, working on stuff, maybe working on themselves. And uh, so my phone was unplugged for three or four weeks, let's say. (laughs) Holy shit. <laughs> and cuz here's cuz here's the thing this is like 2001 right so this is a this is a society where you would go to a bar or you would go to a coffee shop and your friends would be there and like you would yeah. just see people there was like four places to go right <laughs> and so you'd go to like the skyline chili on the corner of Ludwell. You see if anybody's yeah. hanging out there. You get yeah, some you, oyster crackers. You go down to the coffee shop. You, you go to Kerouac. Know. Yeah. Yeah, Side exactly. Note, that's the best skyline. The one on Ludlow. Oh, my God. 
A little Cincy tangent there. Okay, yeah. sorry. Continue. Yeah. No, so you go and you do all this stuff. So I was not like, uh, I was not feeling isolated or anything. Uh, and, you know, I was on the internet and stuff back then. So I would just do my my stuff online. Um, and so I wake up one day. Beautiful day. <laughs> Clear skies. <laughs> Tuesday, September the 11th, 2001. Now, I wake up at about 10 o'clock. And so the thing is also is that I had just previously uh, quit my job because I was like going back to school. It was like a summer thing. I was going back to school in the fall and it didn't start until like September 20th, some like really late date. And so I was like, you know, my last day is going to be August 31st. And they're like, well, why don't you just work until school? And I was like, I have some personal projects that I want to work on. And like at the time, like internet stuff was real weird. I was starting on like uh, launching my first website. I was working on some music. I was painting and stuff. And I just sometimes you don't want to have a discussion like that with somebody at work, right? Yeah, definitely you, not. You don't want to tell them like, yeah, have you heard of the internet? Well, I get on there and I like sell paintings I made. And then they're like, can I see the paintings? And you're like, well, I don't want to show you my website. So you just sidestep all that. And you say, I have some personal stuff mm-hmm. that I'm going to do. So I take off, I'm a weird guy, right? So I take off August 31st. Now, everybody at my old job... Is like, I don't know, man, Drew took off. Like he said he had all these personal projects. He was like real vague. And 11 <laughs> days later, they're like, yo. <laughs> Got some shit I'm working on, some shit I'm cooking up. They start throwing up the guys on the TV. And you got to understand, in two, in 2001, having a huge beard was like not in style. So it was like pretty rare for a, for a young dude to have this big beard. So I'm like, I'm leaving work with my big beard. I have a bunch of stuff I got to take care of. I don't want to talk about it. Your phone has been disconnected for a month. Yeah, nobody can get in touch with me. <laughs> but so it and so it's fitting though it's it was my own uh bad behavior and it was just you know uh, avoidant behavior you know it's not the worst thing you could do but it's not the best so i didn't find out about v 911 until about two o'clock p.m that day wow um so what happened was the day was real nice i sit out on my balcony i'm kind of like playing guitar and i'm like nobody's out (laughs) (laughs) so i'm not like i'm not gonna bother anybody so i like get in my car i drive uh, over to my parents house like i said they they lived all the way over on the east side so i drive over my mom I ring the doorbell and my mom like rips the door open, like almost before I take my finger off the doorbell. She's like, terrorists attack the World Trade Center. (laughs) And I was like, what? And my sister's like, they knocked it down. I was like, what the fuck? And they were like, we have been trying to call you. And I was like, lots of people have been trying to call me. (laughs) (laughs) Including somebody who thinks I'm the one. (laughs) So that is... uh, 
that's you know sometimes the universe wants to teach you a lesson and and you know I learned my lesson you you have to deal with your shit right you got to if you whatever you want to do with yourself and your relationship, you have to communicate with other people. That's what's important. The alternative is looking very suspicious on a famous <laughs> September date. Oh, good. <laughs> so good. Incredible story. Jesus Christ. That's funny as hell. We'll get ones where people are like, I don't know, there's classics of like, I, I, I fucking did something nasty on a date by accident. I don't I spilled some shit on myself or like a bodily function happened. This is definitely the first. <laughs> well, I, I mean, missed a pivotal historical event trying like to all, avoid a crazy person. Like all my other embarrassing stories are like, one time I was in college, I went out on a date with somebody and it's like 11 o'clock and, and we're kind of like walking around. It's like a summer day, whatever. Kind of like, uh, yeah, so are you? And she's like, I have to go help my friend move right now. Turns around and walks off. Like that's, that's like all my other boring, embarrassing stories is just like, no, it's just lame. It's just That's lame, a brutal so. one though. You're it hurts. Hit that. At nighttime, get a just do they need to return some videotapes? Yeah. Patrick Bateman, give it a Bateman, get, get something that works at all hours. Good, that's our first advice of the week. If you got to do that move to get out of a date, make it time appropriate. Yeah, good God. My grandma called me. There's a grandma emergency. That's a tried and yeah. true one. That's very yeah. good. Well, thank you for sharing. Drew. That rocks. <laughs> I'm still fucking laughing about this. <laughs> what do we say we we, uh, we put our our minds together here though and and use our pool of experience to answer some listener questions are we ready to go i'm ready to go all right let's do it yeah but first a quick word from our sponsors uh now usually i do a character and it might not be very tasteful to do a 9-11 character that's a little <laughs> bit played out and why would like a 9-11 guy be trying to get you to subscribe to the Patreon. I'm Mohammed. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you can do Mohammed Atta. Uh, hey, uh, it's me, New York Dono, because I was just there, and yeah. it's related to 9/11. That there ties go, it yeah. all together. You got it. Hey, it's me, New York Donovan. Uh, a big fan of the Radio Free Tote Bag podcast. I hope that this is kind of a Jersey, New York accent. Uh, I'm listening you to it. Yeah, I'm listening to it all day long as I'm taking the, the subway to my job at the New World Trade Center. Uh, but hey, these commutes are long, and sometimes I run out of episodes. Let me let you in on a little New York slice of a secret. You can find bonus episodes each week at patreon.com slash rftb. That's patreon.com slash rftb. For a mere $5 a month, you can get a bonus episode each week and access to over 140 episodes in the backlog. Plus, uh, there's a Discord, and we mail you a sticker. Uh, it's... Uh, what's another New York thing? I lost steam there. It's better than taking a bite out of a, a big apple. A thing that I might have already said. <laughs> thing they are known for Fuck. in New York. It's better than the top of the rock. Patreon.com slash RFTB. I'm walking over there. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> wow. Question uh, box. Question box. Asking all the questions. 
Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh -huh. Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Uh -huh. Whoa! Where you been? Whoa! And it's back. And the toothbrush is back. It's the question box. The segment of the show where you, listener, can send your questions to us and we do our best to answer them. How do I do that, you're saying? If, if you don't know, it's simple. Hit up our social media, at RFTBpod, on Instagram and Twitter, uh, at RFTB and the other stuff on Blue Sky or our website, RFTB.me. You don't have to make an account. Click the Ask a Question link. You get the text box, tippity, type away in there, and it goes to us. Audrey, what are we reading first this week? What up to my favorite podcast host and a guest? What's popping? I'm newly seeing a shoddy who's low-key autistic with it. Her words, not mine. <laughs> I'm having a great time learning about stuff, but our convos definitely feel like me interrogating her sometimes. Is this okay? Am I overthinking this or being ableist? Love y'all. Keep on trucking? Six uh, question marks? We will keep on trucking. We simply must. It's a very funny way to describe being autistic from an autistic person. Salutes to her for that incredible turn of phrase. Yeah. Uh, I mean, is this, is this related to her being autistic? Like the conversations are just a little, I don't know, don't have the flow. Maybe they, they would with like a neurotypical person. Is that what I'm picking up here? You read it again. Feel like me interrogating her sometimes. Because that's also just, I don't know, some people, I've been on dates sometimes, sometimes the conversation flows really well, sometimes you get one where like you're just not getting a lot back, and sometimes that's somebody being shy, sometimes it's just somebody is not particularly talkative, uh, it kind of, like as long as everything else is good, that kind of depends on how much you can tolerate like needing to drive the conversation all the yeah. time, because that's, that's just like how the dynamic is going to be. And I can, I, I've got the podcaster's gift. I can usually talk about some bullshit and, and keep things moving, but that can get kind of tiring to like be on in that way every time you're trying to talk to somebody. Truly. I don't think that's being ableist. I think that's just, uh, I mean, if it's something that's getting to you, I think that's just maybe a mismatch. What I mean, I have, I have a lot of friends that are on the spectrum. <clears throat> and so it's like sometimes you you do feel... If you're talking about something that that somebody is not interested in, sometimes folks like that are not as as readily able necessarily to come up with something to say. Yeah. And I feel like uh I with uh you know folks that are on the spectrum a lot of the time if you were talking about something they're interested in, they will absolutely engage with you yeah and i mean i i love to drive the conversation and tell people what to talk about but there's nothing better than uh getting somebody hyped up and having them like who somebody who's usually reserved like just talk your ear off you know that shit rocks that's uh, a good point i i got i got two things on this uh, I was first surprised at the idea that you would feel like you were interrogating her because most of the people who are on the spectrum that I know of uh, enjoy info dumping a lot. It's like a pretty common 
symptom of both ADHD, autism, all kinds of, of uh, uh, neuroatypicalities. Um, and so I was surprised that it felt like you were interrogating her. I, I suppose the, the way that I would think that that would work out is she wants to talk about the thing. And so you're asking questions about the thing. And I wonder if that's what's happening, um, that she's just sharing about the thing she's passionate about. And you're just stuck asking questions because you don't know anything about uh, Samaflanges or whatever, whatever her particular flavor is. Samaflanges. I don't know. I just came up with a with a word. Oh, <laughs> it's from like, Thundercats. I, I just came up with from some from Thundercats. Um, I was like, I've seen a lot of stuff online. I've never run across Samaflange. You know, oh, know Samaflange? Samaflange? I'm, no. I'm gonna put a drop of uh, of fucking well, what's his name? What's the name of the annoying guy from uh, Thundercats? Samuel Flange. Snarf. I'm gonna oh. Samuel Flange. I'm gonna drop a sample of Snarf saying Samaflange right here. And keep your foot off that blasted Samoflange. What the fuck is a Samoflange? I have to do that again. I know who Snarf is. I do know this at least. I've never seen Thundercats. We're yeah, in the weeds. <laughs> I, I feel what you're saying that, though. It's, it's... Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm interested at the idea that you would be interrogating her because it maybe it's one-sided in that way that you are not able to really engage with the things that she's expressing to you and so you are stuck just asking questions about those things like is that what's happening yeah what kind of i'm curious for more detail the listener if you want to follow up on this if we're if we're not understanding this correctly or you can give more detail yeah because i'm mostly like are you you're mentioning you know if you're overthinking or being ableist like are you are you bothered by the way that you're feeling like you're interrogating and is it what audrey's describing where they're very uh, kind of fixated on a particular thing that they're really into. You don't have a lot of knowledge about, so you can't do really anything except for ask questions. Or is this that they're not really giving details? You have to like keep driving the conversation. Because right. I think it's different in both. But like generally here, my advice is it, it could just be a mismatch. If it is something that's, that's bothering you, it might just be a mismatch and that doesn't make you ableist or anything like that. Like it might be unrelated to the autism too. Like some people just the convert, you really got to drive the conversation. And that yeah. that's like, that's not something I could really deal with, with, with people I was dating. Um, so don't be like kicking yourself for that part, but, but do think through like, is this something I could continue doing if this is always happening? Cause that's, that's a pretty kind of fundamental thing there. I think. If that is not what is happening and she is not opening up and not sharing about the thing that she's things, I'm sort of boiling autism down to one thing, which is not what it is, but it's a feature that I have of my Loki tismic system that I run with uh, where I want to talk about Magic the Gathering. I want to talk about Magic the Gathering right now <laughs> and it's taking everything in me not to. <laughs> So you is have this, is this because I posted about magic cards? I just got back into playing magic cards. I'll no talk shit. with you. Oh, Hell yeah. No. Hell yeah. We'll talk after. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saving me. Are you on spell table? Are you on spell table? We should get on spell table. Um, uh, I'm I'm not yet. I gotta get on there. So yeah, it's good shit. We gotta get to, we gotta do that. My um, thing is paleontology. Yeah, and <laughs> keep talking, talking about paleontology. <laughs> We're planes. 
and they're gonna fucking talk your ear off about I'll it. And I, you know, I don't know about X planes. I did. I would just be having to ask questions about X planes. I would have no frame of reference to share anything about them. I'll tell you everything about them. If it is that though, it's if it's the other thing where she's just not really opening up. If you're interested in like learning about some stuff, get her on just kind of ask what this person's into. And then kind of, you know, then she can drive it because it's something in her wheelhouse that she like enjoys talking about. Uh, so I think you kind of got two different directions here, depending on what the situation is. But also just if it's a mismatch, it's a mismatch. Yep. And like, that's OK. You just kind of you, you got to move on and be nice about it because, you know, it seems like you're getting on at least. Um, but definitely send us more more details if you yeah. want us to get more into this. Cause, I want to uh, know more. Yeah. I'm clicking, I would like to know more. I'm clicking, I would like to know more also. I'm also, I've said this a little bit, I more and more, I am like, am I on the spectrum? Because I found out the toe walking thing is a whole, that's a whole thing. I have mm -hmm. all of these sensory issues and I really mm -hmm. like planes and dinosaurs. That's an interesting <laughs> mix of features there that makes mm. me wonder if the ADHD and OCD diagnosis, I don't know, that could, it's all... All that shit is murky and maybe those maybe three particularly. Thing. I feel like it's a Venn diagram, like a three yeah. circle Venn diagram. And then you land like in the middle of it and just have it's, all of it's it. It's possible. I don't know how you get diagnosed with. I have a therapist and a psychiatrist. I want to talk a little bit about my lack of an autism diagnosis. Here's the thing. OK, so when I was a little kid, uh, they diagnosed me with Asperger's syndrome, which is a uh, out, outdated thing. They, it's just autism spectrum now. Um, so I was diagnosed by a psychiatrist with that. Uh, and then later in life, I was talking with a therapist and she's like, but you're, you're so capable socially. And I'm like, I That's am masking so fucking hard right now. Yeah. Do you have any idea how hard I'm asking? She's like, well, after a certain point, masking becomes if indifferentiable from social competency. If it's effective, but then like you've got the underlying discomfort and all of this stuff that I think. But I've gotten comfortable is the thing. I'm yeah. like I'm in a zone where I feel good about socializing, yeah. but I have this diagnosis from the past. So I like to say I'm on the spectrum. My therapist did not like me to say that I was on the spectrum, <laughs> but I have a diagnosis from earlier in life. And I think they describe it as a developmental uh, uh neuroatypicality they describe yeah. it as something that's like developmental and presents more in kids and you kind of um like some people are deeper into the spectrum and don't move past it as much as other people sure and i don't know that's where i'm at with it it's adhd super hard though yeah it's all trying to quantify stuff that's, you know, brains are complex and social conditioning and all of these things. We're just trying to find boxes. So we have language to communicate about yeah, these things. and relate. And, yeah. Well, good luck to you, partner. And tell me if I'm on the spectrum, if you're a psychiatrist. I, I, I've got <laughs> thoughts. Yeah. Hey, we're in America. I'll take all the free medical care I can get. Yeah. <laughs> it's a show where we solicit medical care so we don't have to pay Anybody? exorbitant amounts of money for basic shit. God. I got this thing on my knee. Can you take a look at it, listener? <laughs> <laughs> listener, if you can perform an appendectomy, uh, DM us on, on Twitter. Like fast, like quickly. <laughs> uh, okay, let's get another one of these. Let's get another one of these going. 
Uh, hey, Dono Bear, Audrey oh. B, oh. and, and Gasty Poo. That's, that's delightful. That's lovely, cute. lovely little nicknames. I'm in an open marriage and trying to navigate dating someone with a kitchen table polycule situation. Okay. We're working to navigate all that. Also, our kids go to Hebrew school together. Any suggestions on how to make sure everyone's boundaries are respected as possible? My wife is very, quote, spare me the details about this whole thing, and I don't want to make her feel bad. But also, I want this other person in my life because they're really great. Help! Hmm. I don't so know why this... everyone's looking at me. I'm the, I guess it's just because I'm the one in the polyamorous relationship. <laughs> I guess everybody's got... <laughs> Defer to me on this particular subject. Um... So it's about keeping everybody at the level and equilibrium that they want to be at. So you got the the new partner who wants everybody to, like to do board game night with everybody involved. And we're all going to we're all going to play Settlers of Catan or some shit. Yeah. Right. And uh, your wife is like, I don't need to like, I don't even need to meet these people is what I'm reading. Like, I don't need to know anything about these other people that you're involving yourself with. And all of these things are okay. Like you can have like those as boundaries. You can have those as expectations and desires. Right. Um, so I think what you do is you maybe more casually date the new person and don't get too serious with it. Don't get too involved with the new thing, I don't think. Because if if you have this like disconnect between you and your wife where it's like, I don't need to know about that shit. If you're like kitchen tabling the way that I interpret kitchen table to be, which is you're over there all the fucking time. You're spending time with everybody. You're raising the kids together. You know, all the shit that kitchen table can mean. Partners are meeting each other. Um, I think you have to keep that at like a low boil and don't get too involved because they they're sort of clashing expectations. Yeah, is just my initial read. I would think just be direct too. like if this is your first time doing a poly thing, I think both with your wife and with this new partner being like, this is what the other particularly the new partner, if they want like everybody meets each other situation. I think you just got to directly be like, my my wife is not into that. Yeah. How can we that just make sure that that's understood instead of trying to like balance things somehow without kind of addressing it directly. Right. Because it's the whole game is addressing things directly. That's what the whole fucking thing is with with uh, uh, non-monogamy. Skill issue. <laughs> <laughs> that's a callback to the. Uh, Unnamed retail establishment lingo from earlier. <laughs> uh, Drew, I assume you're in a monogamous marriage here. Do you have any thoughts on this or is this outside your wheelhouse? I am uh, totally monogamous. I am not, uh, I'm not sure uh, what I would have to say about it. I uh, have a lot of practice as an old white married dude like from the midwest i have a lot of practice in just like shutting the fuck up <laughs> so i will i will always i will always pull that trigger if i uh, if i have nothing to add <laughs> we feel it luckily we, we have we have audrey's specialty here 
And uh, we wish you, we wish you luck, listener. And yeah. like you're thinking about all this, you're considering their feelings. Dude. Feels like you're going about this in the right yeah, way. You're doing the right thing. I just the, think have them direct conversations. Something that kind of concerns me, maybe, is the fact that everybody's kids go to Hebrew school together. And if That's the kids true. get to talking with the other kids about what's going on at home, and I'm just so non-monogamy should be like a thing that's just like just like any other thing you know what i mean just like you know being queer or trans or whatever you know thing that is a part of your life it people should just mind their own fucking business in reality and just let you do what you're gonna do but some busybody might have some shit to say and it might affect your standing in the community so I would maybe be a little careful with with that. Um, it shouldn't have to be that way. We shouldn't have to live this way. But uh, if you're in a community uh, where that might be an issue, uh, you should be careful. That's a good point to bring up. I, I think that's another direct conversation to have there too, with both new partner and your lovely spouse. Yeah. We, How do you we all feel you about this? Yeah. Where Where are you? How can we navigate this if some fucking kid starts asking kid questions and now we have to talk to Suzanne, but we don't like that much. Yeah. Now she is asking questions. I think one of the, one of the cutest things that has ever come of polyamory in my life. uh, I went to go pick up uh, my date at her house and uh, she's uh, wearing a skirt. She's dressed very nice. She comes out, she gets in the car and she goes, my kid just said uh, to my husband, why is mommy wearing a skirt? And uh, my husband says to the kid, oh, mommy has a date. Uh. And so they just like address it like it's not a big deal because it's not a big fucking deal. Like yeah. they just address it with the kid like it's not a big fucking deal. And I, re- I remember being very struck by that, by like, wow, I'm part of something kind of cool right now. This is actually like low key dope appreciate that yeah that's how we always talk to my daughter about weed she finds it very boring and uh, passe <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did that just you know i got a special license from the state because my back hurts because that's literally what you have yeah. to do yeah and uh but she really she did really like coming in fifth grade when they started bringing the cops into the school and doing the dare program she loved coming home and telling us about that and riling us up and we're like (laughs) no (laughs) never believe a cop (laughs) that's a good lesson (laughs) and that's a good thing to communicate to your kids and have your partner communicate to their kids also that's just good cross the board advice here never talk to cops all right we got another one here at the bottom that is addressed to us and drew specifically okay okay uh i read that then don't i because it's my turn who almost forgot whose turn it was that's usually my bit (laughs) you did remember though so you didn't completely do the me bit where i can't remember who asked the last question it's me i read this one hello audrey dono and the special guest drew the special guest I have a second date with a friend from university, but we haven't seen each other in years. On top of that, they haven't gotten back to me in a week. What do I do? First off, I don't know what to expect. 
Our first date wasn't formally a date, and I didn't feel it was at the time, but finding this person again on the apps has given me the has given the initial meetup more context. This date is also in the context of a meetup, and that is showing my intent, but clearly we are both looking to date, and we got along back then and now. As for them not messaging me back, they have a chronic illness, so I can understand. <coughs> But I have been moving towards extreme transparency in dating and open communication in general and would like to have that with this person, even if that means delaying the date a bit to accommodate for their condition or having possible cancellations. I am half an hour away and they would be driving here as I don't drive. So I understand this being difficult to plan. I prefer that to potentially ghosting uh, to potential ghosting when they probably don't want to hurt my feelings and want to go on the date too. What is your advice? Is it too much to call this a second date or even first date? And would and what would one expect intimacy-wise, if anything, given how we used to know each other? Finally, what steps can I take to make this more convenient for them to possibly make communication and traveling easier? Thank you. Okay, we got a lot of variables here. A lot of I stuff need going to, on. I need to figure this out of my brain. You've been on a date before, but it was just a meetup. But now you've seen them on dating apps and you're dating and you're kind of like, oh, that felt like more than a meetup. There's some interest here. Did you all swipe right on each other? Yeah. Did you message on? Because there's like the clear intent with things. I guess because this date is also in the context of a meetup and that is my intent. But clearly we're both looking to date. Oh, OK. So maybe you just saw them on the dating app. And a meetup sounds like more than just you two. Yeah. Hmm. Because if that's the case, if it if this situation that I've concocted in my head that may not actually be reality, um, where it's more than just you two getting together, then it is certainly not a date. Then it is certainly people just getting like, together to hang out. I think it could be them just saying meetup. Like I haven't seen this person forever. We're gonna meet up and get a drink or something. Where there's not mm -hmm. the expectation that it's a romantic thing. That's how I'm reading. Okay, okay. And if that's the case, like, the fact that you're both single and, and looking to date, like, doesn't necessarily mean that this is a date. Right. But if you're picking up those vibes elsewhere, I mean, it, it could be, but this feels more like you just kind of got to go out and feel it out. But then, they're, okay, also, they're not getting back to you, but they got a chronic illness, so that maybe that explains that. I would go with the classic, hey, I haven't heard back from you. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know, maybe I missed your message or whatever, but I haven't heard from you in a week. What's up? We doing this? Yeah. yeah. The, the classic, just circling back to touch base. <laughs> <laughs> per my previous email. That is, that's good and direct though. Yeah. I, I. Definitely think just do something like that to figure out what the plan for this particular meetup or, or date or whatever it is. How many you're trying texts, to be more direct? How many texts on your side of the screen? You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. How many have you sent and not gotten anything back? Because having a chronic illness is one thing. Even if you have a chronic illness, you still need to go take a shit and you still take your phone with you and you still <laughs> see the little red circle that has a number in it. And true. I don't want to freak you out too bad, but 
if somebody's not getting back to you, like, okay, there's, there's sort of, there's degrees to this. If somebody's not getting back to you and it's been fully a week and you've sent multiple messages, that's, that's probably not a good sign. Um, if it's like 19 messages with no reply, that's a no. Yeah. Then you no. have fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you have you have said you have texted nineteen times. The double text is dangerous territory. Yeah. The nine tuple text text. <laughs> nineteen tuple text. Nineteen if you, tuple. If you, yeah, if you've sent a, a message or two and haven't gotten a response, that's one thing. But when you get to the please respond level, yeah, yeah. my heart is breaking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't know this for sure. Like, if you just last message them, hey, when are we going to do this thing? And you haven't heard anything for a week, you haven't sent anything else, then yeah, just send the, yeah. hey, are you still interested in doing this thing on this day? And if they, I think I've said this before. My rule for dating is I will send one follow-up text after an unanswered text. And mm-hmm. after that, it's okay. There's no interest. And if there is, the, the ball's in the, their court. They'll, they they'll do a set, They'll message you. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't done that, do the follow-up. But if not... I, I would just kind of leave this. I think I'm more, if, if it, it feels to me like this is unclear, like it's just, you're both single and you saw this person on a dating app. And so you're both dating. That doesn't necessarily mean that this thing is a date. I'm curious how the first meetup went. Like, were you picking up vibes? Is that why you're kind of, okay, maybe this is a thing we're going out again, but neither of us like said it was a date. Because then there's like murky territory to navigate there. But like my advice, if you hear back from this person, you get it set up as the same as just go out and feel it out, but have no expectations. That's what I was going to say. Just like with with most dates that you're going to go on. You know what? Blanket statement. All dates you're going to go on. Expectations are a bad thing to have, really. Like you shouldn't really be expecting things in terms of intimacy. Um, just feel it out, feel it out. And like, and that goes, that goes even for somebody that you are, you, you, maybe even you're married to, you go on a date and you have an expectation that like, Oh, when we get home, we're going to fuck that. Sometimes it's not going to work out for you. We're going to get the molten lava cake. We're going to get the fucking molten lava cake. You could be let down. <laughs> don't get your hopes up. Sometimes hopes the other up. person says don't we hurt. don't need a dessert menu and you don't need to start an argument demanding a dessert menu. Maybe they got plans for afterwards. They're trying to hurry you out the door. They don't have 10 minutes to eat the fucking lava flow. <laughs> Damn, I haven't had one of those things in forever. I kind of want one of them Actually now. kind of rips. I want one real bad, actually. But that's that's the deal. Like the Ooh, only... I can order one from fucking Nomino's. Just order a lava cake. Well, I get, cheesy, I get cheesy bread, too. <laughs> don't don't think, look at it now. <laughs> I, I think a great bit would be to have the food show up in the middle of the broadcast. <laughs> Yeah, I think we have we had food delivered mid show before. I think we have. We might have gotten like a sandwich at some point, but a surprise. You now have a chocolate lava cake. I think we would need to extend this maybe to two hours to account for the delivery time on this. Um, but my my last thing here is just like I I don't know if I'm reading into this too much, and this isn't to like a, a dig at you or anything, listener. But it does, if you haven't gotten like explicit signs on this being dating and stuff, like that, just seeing them on a dating app, I want to like, I, I want to really kind of put this out there. Don't, don't assume then that this is a date. Just because two people yeah. are single and are dating does not mean that when you hang out with that person, it's a date. 
That's the weird expectations that can make you act weird. That can put you in all kinds of awkward situations. So like, go at this like, hey, I'm catching up with this old college friend. We had a good time. If they follow up with you and you get together again, have a good time, but just, just feel the thing out. Yes. And if you're getting feelings and it's going well on just like interaction level, you can be like, would you want to go on a date sometime and check where they're at? Yeah. That's the being direct thing you're, you're trying to work on there. Um, but just make sure you're not like, make sure you're not building this up too much. Cause, cause that can just kind of, you know, end up with you feeling hurt or, you know, your hopes dashed or whatever. And that's no fun. Yeah. So enter this with a good expectation level. Yeah. You can be excited. Don't pin hopes on shit. Yeah. You can be like, yeah, I'm going to get to see this person. If that even is what happens. Yeah. You know, so like there's just there's just so much up in the air on this. And uh, uh, I hope things work out for you. And I hope that I hope they get back to you for fuck's sake. Yeah, because you deserve that at least. You know? But if they don't call it, you know, you don't have to. I need to facilitate this communication in some way. It might just be that they're not interested and that sucks. And it sucks that they ghost you, but you know, also people got shit going on. Yep, that do be happening. You just got to take it in stride. All right. What else we got in here? What else we got in here? It's up to you, baby. Let's see. Uh, okay. <laughs> Hi, Audrey and Donovan. Hello. Don't forget. They don't forget the guest. Can't. Don't forget the guest. How dare you? Oh. I, <laughs> which it's there in spirit, Drew. They said hello <laughs> in spirit. It's the hellos you don't say. Right. I 30F have a friend, Smithy, 28M. Smithy, who constantly talks down on himself. As I understand it, he comes from a household that was pretty critical and emotionally starved. Mm. I'll what? take this one. <laughs> I accidentally tapped the play button on my keyboard and I was listening to Blocked Party before we started recording. And it started like right at one of their intro segment musics and that scared the shit out of me. I thought I was put that in as a drop for some reason and I got very confused. Okay. <laughs> he comes from a household that was pretty critical and emotionally starved. He will frequently slip in little jabs at himself in conversation even when conveying a positive message. Have fun, stay safe, best of luck, those sorts of things. It's really tough hearing himself talk like that, especially because it's coloring what I think of him. Like, maybe I am wrong to be friends with someone like him. He's in therapy, but it doesn't seem to help. And when he's not being self-deprecating, he's a warm, attentive, kind friend, if a little desperate for my affection. He and I are part of a larger friend group, and this dynamic is not unique to the two of us. What should I do? Help him somehow or distance myself. Ooh. Hmm. Uh, I mean, if I got some. I got what some. you got. You can't. You can't help him. Really, you can't fix it for him. You can't uh, even steer him away from being self-deprecating. That's just that's just what he's got going on right now. And if he's working on himself in therapy, that will over time repair itself. I have a tendency, I do this shit. I've, you know, I use self-deprecating humor, uh, I think, to great effect at times. I think I'm pretty funny when I do it. Um, but, um, you know, it's not the greatest quality, and it's just something that this guy's got going on. The thing of it is, is just the thing he's got going on, and you either accept him as he is, 
or or you don't. And if you can't lean with and or rock with this and it's like too much for you and it's like uh, bringing you down, or making you feel bad, then you are perfectly within your rights to take a step back from a friendship. You can absolutely do that. But I don't personally think, based on what you're telling me, that that's what you have to do. I think you just have to kind of take him as he is. And you can even talk him up a little bit. You can be like, ah, come on. That's not like, it's not like that. Yeah. But that's all the help you can give. You can't fix it for him. You can't really help him that much. I I think that uh, sometimes people are uh, self-deprecating because they're self-aware, you know, and sometimes people want to kind of get out ahead of potential criticism by saying, you know, I know I'm not good at, you right. know, X, Y, or Z. So I want to just throw that out to temper people's expectations. And it may be that if somebody is self-deprecating, they are afraid uh, that someone else may have expectations for them that they're not able to meet. And yeah. that is just a, a wild guess. But, uh, you know... Uh, whether it's uh, relationships or something else, I love low expectations that I can easily exceed. Meet this me is, see, baby. This is something that I it, it just personally adore. Just nobody wants anything from you or thinks you can do anything, and then you give them a little bit, and they're very happy. Yeah. So uh, that that may be a pattern that people have, especially if they grow up in a a sort of situation that is emotionally unavailable parents, maybe parents who have very high expectations of you that you feel like you're not able to meet. And then you've kind of got that baked in that everybody is going to expect you to to be X, Y, or Z, and you're not going to be able to meet it. Now, that's just how I feel about myself. <laughs> but maybe it applies to Smithy 28M. We love Smithy 28M. I'm a we big Smithy, Smithy fan. I, I got something <clears throat> similar, Drew. Like, I, I'm working through this currently. This has been my theme of the entire year. I'm doing acting classes, and I'm working on music, and I'm trying to put stuff out there which is something I've avoided for like a a fear of looking stupid, basically like a fear of that kind of criticism. I would be, I I didn't necessarily go the self-critical route or the self-deprecating route. I guess I would sometimes I more just like avoided it because I I feared that like high level of criticism or whatever, kind of what you were describing. Like if the expectations are set too high and I don't feel it, like that's like a crushing feeling. And some of that's definitely related to some childhood stuff that I, th- I think we're resolving in a, in a pretty good way. But like a lot of people deal with that. And I want to say, I don't know, listener, the way that you're talking about this, where you're like, maybe I'm wrong to be friends with somebody like this. It's it's giving you that feeling. I guess it's just like, if, if you're completely not like this, and this is an alien concept to you, the self-deprecating thing, like it's just not something you would ever do. Maybe to you that reads as more severe than it actually is. Yeah. And like a lot of people are like this and like, I've got a bit of it. And I, I do have people sometimes where I'm like, stop fucking shit talking yourself so much. What are you, what are you talking about in a way that can be for me? It's not like off putting. It's more just like, don't, I'd like, don't talk about yourself like that. Like you're rad. Why? I don't want 
people I care about to like be shitty to themselves. Um, but the idea that it's like, it's, it's making you feel like it's wrong to be friends with them or like there's something wrong there. Like th this just feels a little bit like reading into it too much. And like the, it's a, he's in therapy, but it doesn't seem to help. Like that shit takes a long time to undo. I mean, it's light childhood trauma or maybe more than light. If you know this stuff about his, his family growing up that, you know, he was getting jabbed at constantly. I think I just try to meet that with a little bit more empathy and understand that yeah. it's a function of that stuff and not like an actual reflection of this person not being good or something along those lines, you know? So I just, yeah, I, I wouldn't distance yourself unless this is really fucking with you, but unless this is really over the top and I'm like misreading it here, it, it just seems like something you'd just be a little bit more empathetic towards. Yeah. Uh, and as far as helping him, yeah, you can't personally like fix this in a person. But like Audrey's saying, I think throwing out little boosts to somebody like that, it goes a huge way. I've had some friends saying really nice things to me about working on all this stuff I'm trying to work on. And that's really energizing. And that can go a long way. So that's the little kind of bit you can do to help there is just say, you know, call if he says he sucks at something being like, actually, I think you're fucking good at what are you talking about? You're good at this. Or yeah. if he does something, you're like, that's rad. And actually like put that compliment out there that that boosts people like that, it, 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 at least in my experience. Well, I think there's also when you're talking about pursuits, Donovan, when you're talking about like, you know, acting, uh, writing music, performing, writing, making art, anything, you kind of go into this valley, you start doing something and you say, oh, hell yeah, I can do this. Like I can act out a little scene. Like I took an improv comedy class once it was fun. You're like, wow, I didn't know I could do that. I could do a little scene, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I could write a song. I didn't know that I could make an album. And then you sort of enter this valley of despair where you yeah. learn more and more about it and you realize, oh, I actually know nothing. And then you start, <laughs> you have to get to the point in your knowledge where you know what you don't know. Right. And yeah. sometimes people who have a huge interest in something, like you mentioned paleontology, there's so many areas and something like that where you have really vague information and so the more you know about paleontology the more you're like okay we have three bone fragments and we really don't know what it is yep. and so i'm i'm sure the experts are like i'm fucking bad at dinosaurs <laughs> <laughs> right yeah there's like there is an inverse curve to the Dunning-Kruger effect where your misery is also like on that curve where you're yeah. like, where your self-loathing is also on that curve. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I like that. Especially if you got any kind of self-critical stuff because the, yeah, the more you know about something, the more you can be like, this is wrong. I'm not doing this in that way. I think that makes a lot of people burn out. And I, I think it made me burn out of, of playing music in the past before I kind of like realized that that's, that's what was happening with it. Um, but again, I think just the best thing to do with people like that and people generally is just be, be fucking encouraging. It's a vulnerable thing to do to make anything or to try to do anything that you're uncomfortable with, really. You know, even if it's this person trying to be less self-deprecating, it goes a long way to hear stuff from friends just being like, no, you're cool. You know, yeah. sometimes somebody's having a shit in their head kind of day, and that's the kind of thing that can that can snap them out of that, or at the very least, 
put a little momentum in the other direction. So back into the question, like basically what I was, what I was getting at the end there and with my own experience here, that's the way to help them just be a supportive friend. And I wouldn't distance yourself unless this is like, it's really fucking with you. But again, I, I just try to, it's not something you're familiar with. Try to have a little empathy for why people are like this. And that can be worked through too. And it, it's not overnight. But Fuck thank yeah. you for thank you for writing in on it and trying to think through this too, because it's it's not the easiest thing to navigate sometimes. Definitely. Damn. I believe in you, Smithy. Tell yeah, Smithy, Smithy to listen to the show. <laughs> I think what you should do is you should fall from the sky into Bowser's castle and evict him from uh from the castle because you're a giant sword named Smithy. I knew that was from something. Okay. Is the sword no Smithy's not the sword. It's like the Smithy gang. Smithy, I'm playing Super Mario RPG right yeah. now. They have a gang in Mario? It's like, you ever heard of this one? The Super Mario RPG? It's like a Super Nintendo game. It's so good. I think I missed some of these Marios. It's like a Damn. weird one. It's, it's, it's really weird. Gino, Mallow. There's like all these characters and shit that are just in no other Mario games. Gino it's for Smash. Strange. We got robbed. Gino for Smash. I like Gino. I'm like yeah. an hour into the, a couple hours of this game, but it's pretty interesting. It's I good. like when there's like an established IP and you go back to something before they had all the rules of how you have to represent everything and limits on stuff. Play Super Mario RPG. That's what I'm really, that's my real advice for this question. Are you on the remake? No, it's not out yet. Oh, sick. Some, yeah. Okay, cool. cool someone cool, cool. helped me access the game, Audrey. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Uh, all right well we're 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 coming to the end of the hour here we gotta give drew a round of applause thank you thank for joining you us. hey thanks for having me this was a lot of fun y'all it's been oh, excellent yeah. chatting with you very good people what uh what do you got to plug what do you want to tell the tote bag folks about i have a show called everything is real it's about the occult it's about aliens it's about quantum physics uh, the nature of consciousness and reality, just kind of metaphysical stuff all rolled into one. Uh, and it's at garbagebrainuniversity.com. Uh, started off as a miniseries and we kind of spun it off into its own thing. We've been having a lot of fun with that, especially uh, with all the alien stuff that's been coming out lately in yeah. the news. Yeah. So that's been getting pretty wild. We have a, we have a good time and it's, uh, it's comedy oriented. So uh, if you're lacking of something uh, that is knowledgeable in the occult and also uh, comedically oriented, uh, check it out. Sounds Hell good. Yeah. Send, send them that RFTV bump. You're probably substantially bigger than us. But send them, it's a little bump, but it's a bump nonetheless. You'll feel it. You'll feel it. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Well, we also, here's the other people we got to thank. You heard, um, New Yorker Dono. I guess that was my character on the ad read. We're still workshopping the name. We'll come up with something eventually. Maybe that character will return and without the 9-11 connection this time. So you heard, you heard that lovely character telling you about our Patreon, patreon.com slash RFTB. You get a bonus episode each week, stuff in the backlog. You got the Discord. I'll send you a sticker anywhere in the fucking world. I got international stamps, baby. But for $10 a month, you get all of that, and we shout your name out in lights at the end of each main episode. 
And uh, also before this, uh, that's the $10 level. I also just want to shout out, we got like fucking seven patrons in the yeah. past couple of weeks or something. And that's pretty rocking. That is uh, the most we've gotten in a span of time like that. So if you're new, thank you for, thank you for signing up. Yeah. You too uh, are the wind beneath our wings. You are also the wind beneath our wings. Who are we shouting out first though? We begin as we do with Anemone. Uh, Should have vamped longer. Yeah. I thought I had it down. Never We're shouting out Anthony Lindbergh. See, nice. I know it was fine, actually. I didn't fuck anything up. We're shouting out <laughs> Anthony Lindbergh. We're going to shout out our beloved day one Barb. We're shouting out my own father. Shouts <laughs> out. <laughs> We're going to shout out Dylan, daddy. We're shouting out GG. We're going to shout out K friggin money. We got a new one this week. Somebody in the Discord boosted from $5 to 10 and changed their name. Laser McGraw has ascended to the tote realm. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make a drop for that. Uh, up next, we've got a big shout out for Malcriata. We're shouting out MC Proletariat. We're going to shout out, ooh, it's like Cellar Door, Mickey Flykick. No, 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 no. We're shouting out Rico Suave. We're going to shout out Riley. From episode 60, 2154, it's our good friend Ryan, Rich Homie Click Clack. We're going to shout out Spreadable Fruit. We're shouting out Super Deformed. We're shouting out Synth Mage, another $10 upgrader this week. Let's fucking a salute to you as well. Hell we yeah. are shouting out the Worst of All Possible Worlds podcast, and I hung out with AJ and Josh in New York, and they were fucking rad. Thank you all for supporting us. Hey, I was just on those show. Those guys are awesome. Extremely yeah. good people. Yeah, They're great folks. Big, a second shout out even. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to shout out Tufted Titmouse. We're shouting out Wendy. And we're wrapping it up with a big shout out for our very good friend, Ren. Thank you so much for supporting us at the $10 a month level. You truly are the, the wind, wind beneath our beneath wings. Our wings. You are the wind beneath our wings. You are the wind beneath our wings. You're the wind beneath our wings. Uh, let's see. I did the music. The intro theme is uh, Horn Filters, the love theme from RFTB. You can find oh. it in more songs like it at soundcloud.com slash RFTBpod. And the outro this week, fuck, do I want to, oh, God, is me rapping about Magic the Gathering yes. over an MF Doom style beat. Bars. Now I have to do it. <laughs> It's good. It's very fun. <laughs> I assume, Audrey, I assume you've already seen the uh, This is MF Doom, the little video with Slender Man where they have the uh, the instrumental. You have it. You, you look I don't like you so. have. It's like the instrumental from uh, one of those bangers like Gas They always Trolls do the or Coffin Nails beat, yeah. But uh, uh, it's got uh, a video of, of Slender Man, you know, the ancient internet character yeah. cooking, and it's a guy yelling at it. But it sounds exactly like the intro to, like, Monster Zero or some shit like that. This is MF. I've never seen this. I just pulled it up. Okay, I dig this. I'm into this. Do I want to drop that at the end? Does that is do I am I going to save myself from rapping about MTG? No, you got to put it. You said you would do it. You have to do the, the okay, magic fine. <laughs> you, do yours first, and then yeah, there we go. Okay. It's a two song okay. yeah, intro. There you go. I'm watching. This is very fun. He just whacked me with a warm wiener. <laughs> <laughs>
that's very much my shit uh let's see any other business oh rate us five stars on itunes and spotify and everywhere you get your podcast give us five stars we're greedy for stars we're greedy for st- what is this the super mario rpg they actually they were there's stars. stars in that game give they us need to stars. Get the stars give stars Don't to us please like the smithy gang give us five stars I think i'm gonna do stars. i'm gonna do this thing that i do at the end of the show i'm gonna get right up on this microphone and i'm gonna say i love you Thanks, bye. Uh. Uh, check one, two. Here it goes. I'm gonna rap. On the main feed. Untap, upkeep, draw, and go. I ain't got no gas but this golden flow. Kept a hand with a super fast jump out. Just needed red, was gonna draw it, no doubt. Now I'm looking at a shoulder and it kicks. Can't do five damage till I get to six. That shit ain't gonna happen. Just like me finishing this rapping. Uh, 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 uh. What? Uh, uh, uh. Bars.